go. Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Felipe Melicio, and you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me is Austin Spiro. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, unlike most other people, I'm uh, you know, pretty satisfied that the Astros won the World Series. I think it was the right contender. Um, and happy that Dusty Baker, after what 50 years in the game, finally got his first championship. So congrats to the Astros, congrats to the uh Congrats to Dusty Baker. Is that for real that that he's never even wanted as a player? Because I, I, I know he's never wanted he, as a manager. He wanted as a player. There you uh, go. He he wanted as a player in the '60s with the Dodgers, if I remember correctly. That sounds about right. That sounds about right because the Dodgers were a juggernaut uh, back in those days. Uh, I'm actually gonna go into his uh, uh, page right now, and you know what? No, uh, uh-uh. uh, I don't think he won one. Let's see. He started out with the Braves. This is the same Dusty Baker, right? Yeah, it has to be. Uh, he started out with the Braves, didn't win anything there. He did see Henry Arian hit his uh his uh 755th, I'm sorry, his 715th home run. Then he went to the Dodgers. He did make it to a couple of World Series um with uh, 1981 the Yankees. And there it is, the 81 World Series. You're right about that. Okay. So that I was 20 years ahead, but he did win it with the Dodgers. The Dodgers as a 32-year-old. Uh, I think he was a bench player. Oh, no, he got his uh, 400 at-bats, so maybe he was a platoon player of sorts or just a guy that just uh, could play all outfield positions and on a semi-regular, consistent basis. Then he went to the Giants and then the A's, and then he became the Giants manager in the early 90s, if, if uh, I remember correctly, trying to figure out how do I get from his um, – from his player page, there it is, to the managerial page. And there it is, 1993, where uh, that's where it all started. I mean, the show wasn't supposed to start out with a Dusty Baker overview on things. But um, here we are, look, doing a Dusty Baker overview. So from there, from a player, about four or five years later, he became the San Francisco Giants manager, where he uh, had that team rolling throughout the 93 season. That was the first year that Barry Bonds uh, was uh, made his way over to San Francisco, and it paid off dividends for them. And they won 103 games. And unfortunately, Austin, back in those days, 103 wins does not get you far, you know, because uh, nipping at their heels the entire time in the West Division in 1993 was Western Division powerhouse, the Atlanta Braves. Let that sink in. The Western Division powerhouse, Atlanta Braves. (laughs) And this this would be the last year that they would only do the two divisions and only have the two playoff teams from each division of each league make the playoffs. So that year at 93, that would have been, it would have been, it would have been the Giants and Philly. So we're uh, maybe a win away or maybe two wins away from watching Dusty Baker against the Phillies. Almost what? 20, is that 20 years later, 30 years later now? Holy crap. Yeah. (laughs) Almost 30 years later, we got Dusty Baker against the Phillies. So it's a lot of, I mean, you saw it last night. We saw that um, Baker's first managerial game was against the Cardinals and the leadoff hitter for the Cardinals was Geronimo Pena. Geronimo Pena. And, and now Dusty Baker uh, is managing Geronimo's son, Jeremy Pena, uh, for the Houston Astros. So a lot of uh, these baseball uh, boomerang effects or parallels or however the hell you want to frame it or call it. But yes, we are a few games away from seeing the Giants and Phillies in 1993 from facing in the national league championship series. How wild is that? I just, it's it, the amount of boomerang when it comes to dusty Baker is crazy. I think uh, the other one that I saw was uh, 
Dusty Baker managed both teams that are the only teams in World Series to have a five-run lead in a World Series game and lose it. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's bananas. And I guess when you spend, you know, when you spend this long in the league, you know, you're going to have all of these different boomerang effects, I would guess, um, especially with like managing players and their sons and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it is wild that though, that how many boomerang effects that Dusty Baker actually has. Yeah. And, but, and that would be the start of Dusty Baker can't win. Dusty Baker can't win the big one. He's a choker. He, he mismanages. he, He's given these talented teams and can't do anything with them. That's where it started right off the bat, right off in his managerial career. He lost a big lead to the Atlanta Braves and come on, it's the Atlanta Braves. I mean, Maddox, that was also Maddox's first year as a brave. Remember that he, he uh, signed as a big, as a big free agent for Atlanta, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, David justice, if I remember correctly. Um, And I don't think we got Chipper Jones. I think he got hurt that year. I think he, yeah, I don't think he would debut until 95 if, if uh, memory serves me correctly. I might be wrong. Yeah, Go ahead. 95 is 95 is correct. Okay, that's what I thought. But from there, I mean, and 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 it got it got worse for Dusty. Uh, he followed up a 100 win season with three consecutive losing seasons. Um and that was after the 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 sp- they did the uh, split, so it became from just east versus west to east central and west and that is how the wildcard era started with Dusty Baker with three consecutive losing seasons until 1997 uh, and in 98, 99. And then from there on, there would be, you know, consistent winners there. I'm pretty sure a lot of it had to do with Barry Bonds, right? Right. For sure. I mean, Barry Bonds is a, is a big catalyst of that. I mean, in 1993, you know, you have Barry Bonds hitting sixth. So, you oh, know, God. little did he little did he know that, you know, there was there was good things to come. That, that original 1993 Dodgers team, you have uh Kurt Kurt Manwaring, Will Clark, Robbie Thompson, Royce Clayton, Matt Williams, and then Barry Bonds hitting sixth, and then Darren Lewis and Willie McGee. <laughs> like I just I don't know. Now okay. you think of you think of uh, hey, Austin, he's not batting six, he's just listed as the sixth hitter you know because they, they go catcher first base second base shortstop third oh base, they do base. you're right yeah wow. yeah i'm yeah either way uh, yeah because i'm pretty i remember him batting uh either third or fourth consistently but it's been so long memory is not serving me right but i mean that, that's not a bad team either like no. kurt Manwaring was a a, a a respectable catcher back in those days at least offensively will clark will the thrill clark um he basically led the giants in 89 to the world series they didn't win, but they still let it. Robbie Thompson was always a guy, if he could just stay healthy kind of player. Royce Clayton was a defensive stalwart at shortstop, and Matt Williams would be an MVP contender himself. But, I mean, we're seeing a lot of those guys. Will Clark decline. Uh, Thompson always hurt. Matt Williams started to get always hurt. Darren Lewis would also miss a lot of games. And Darren Lewis was a guy who um, was also a defensive stalwart in, at center field as well. So, I mean, they, they were locked in defensively up the middle, it seemed like. Uh, the Giants, and then Willie McGee was the old Wiley veteran for that team. But yeah, as you can see, a lot of injuries w- would uh, would face Dusty Baker during his Giants era uh, tenure, I should say. Um, but eventually, he would lead that team to the World Series in 2002, and goes full circle to what you mentioned. As I as I uh, wish good morning to Melvin Lopez, who's tuning in right now. Uh, 
Giant, uh, but Baker would eventually make it to the World Series. But you mentioned it; it always goes full circle. This boomerang effect that two only two teams have uh, blown five nothing leads, right? Is that what what it was? And Dusty Baker was the one who was managing both those teams. Uh, yeah, the other one is the two thousand two Giants. Yeah, and I uh, that you were happy about that one, weren't you? I was very happy about that. And then from there, Cub fans, uh, he he said, you know what? After ten seasons, I'm done with the Giants. Let's go to to Chicago and see if uh, if if I can kind of reverse the curse over there. He and he almost did. 2003, the uh, Cubs make it to the National League Championship Series against the Florida Marlins, and then disaster struck, and uh, the Cubs. Uh, that uh you know what i don't want i don't want to talk about 2003 it just hurts too much i'm wearing my cubs hat today so it's hurting too much and then 2004 was actually a, a better year for the cubs i don't think they made the playoffs no they did not they did not make the playoffs they finished in third in that uh in 2004 uh 2005 was a meltdown year and then 2006 it all blew away but yeah the, unfortunately baker got the reputation here in chicago as being a guy who never held his players accountable was way too friendly towards the players um the sports radio shows were starting to call him uh what the f- what the hell were they calling him something something about his jive talk they were making fun of his jive talk and it was mostly from the black broadcasters so oh. uh, it, it wouldn't have been racist but guys like jonathan hood would make fun of the fact uh and i think even lawrence holmes would make fun of the fact that uh that he was always uh jive talking uh to the media and they you know as members of the media they did not appreciate that uh dusty baker was also um a part was a man which is funny now because the be- he was everybody was heralding him as the best hire for Houston because of the way mm-hmm. he handles the media. Exactly right. Well, I mean, the way he handles <laughs> the media is he he he. That's why players love him. And he he's a lightning rod. He puts everything on himself. Like, oh man, I, oh come on, man, I, that was all me. That's just you know, Jose will be fine. Alex will be okay. I I, I just got to do better. You know, man. Mm-hmm. It, it, very smooth, calm way of talking. It very hard to make him uh, get riled up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But so you know, and and like I said, I just remember when I was like a, a twenty year old when listening to the sports radio. I think the the black broadcasters, like the Jonathan Hoods and Lawrence Holmes of the world, would take offense to that because they knew what he was trying to do. And you know, there's a little bit of a cultural. Um, a little bit of a cultural uh, notice that they realized there that what he was trying to do was trying to uh, smooth things over with the media while not holding his players accountable. At least that's how I remember it. But Baker was manager when Sammy Sosa and Moises Alou went out to the broadcast booth and went after Chip Carey and Steve Stone because they were both of those guys were very critical of the team. And that led to Chip Carey and Steve Stone getting fired from, from the Cubs uh, television broadcast booth. And then the whole thing with Sammy Sosa kind of storming out of uh, out of the uh, out of the clubhouse with a few games left to go in the 2005 or 2006 season. Um, and again, uh, and this is after you know the media went after Baker. to see what happens. You 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 baby these players and look at you. They they they, they throw temper tantrums and they're nowhere to be found when you need them the most. And you you did this, Dusty. You did this. And even Baker got tired of the act. And uh, you know this wasn't supposed to be a historical overview on Dusty Baker, but. Now I can't help it. I'm on his page. And look, 2008, he goes to the Reds. And once again, he's gets off to a bad start. But like I mentioned in the post, my Dusty Baker appreciation post, two seasons or three seasons into it, he brings the Reds into the playoffs in 2010. 
the rest of his tenure wouldn't be too kind to him. Uh, the, they would only make the playoffs in 2012, and they would have a winning season. Oh, okay. Made the playoffs in 2012 and 2013. So, yeah, the Reds were a laughingstock at that point. And three, one, two, three, three of those seasons that, uh, that Baker was with the Reds as a manager from 2008 to 2013, Baker uh, brings, those, brings those Reds teams into the playoffs. So, right. Uh, so it can't be – so that's just – you know, further proves to my point that Baker is just someone that knows how to get the best out of the, out of his players. He, but let's, let's, before we move on to the nationals, let's look at all well, the negatives. What, that one we thing, Go ahead. one thing that I want to talk about with Dusty Baker, and you're talking about bringing out the best in his players. When you look at the original season, uh, his, his 2003 season with the Cubs, the lineup that he had was a 33 year old Damian Miller, a 35-year-old Eric Karros, 33-year-old Mark Grutzelanek. He's got a, yep. a young Aramis Ramirez, 36-year-old Moises Alou, a 34-year-old Sammy Sosa. He's got a 36-year-old Kenny Lofton coming off the bench. Like The, the average age of this 2003 Cubs lineup is over 30. Yep. And, yep. He, and he took them into the playoffs. You know, you don't see that anymore. You don't see the older yeah. teams. Well, that's because so. that's because they're not allowed to juice anymore. So, and Lofton, yeah. he was acquired in a trade, late season trade. So he was starting in center field almost every day. It seemed like, but that that was my next point was that Baker, all the reputations that Baker has going against him when he took the Astros job, he burns out the pitching staff. He only relies heavily on veterans. He's bad with rookies. He's bad with young players. Boy, that ended up being a myth, wouldn't it? He's bad right. with young players. Ask, ask Jeremy Pena how, how he feels about Dusty Baker now. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, he protects his players. He doesn't hold them accountable. All of these negative things toward Dusty Baker that the media has and, and, and popular notion. I mean, we see we saw it on Baseball Life, too. All the comments, all the negative comments towards Dusty Baker when he first got hired. Uh, now everybody forgets about it. But, yeah, all of those things just magically erased once you win that World Series. But... 2016 and 2017, he took a very talented Nationals team to the playoffs, and he couldn't get a couldn't get them past the first round, unfortunately. And it was actually, uh, uh, I believe, it was a, a a former player of his, Dave Martinez. I thought I saw him in the '93 roster for the Giants under Dusty Baker. Dave Martinez would be the one who would eventually win the World Series for the Nationals in 2019 yeah. against the Houston Astros. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to say, I mean, that's another talented loaded team that couldn't win anything. And Dusty Baker tried to put him to uh, take him to the next step and they couldn't get through. Uh, matter of fact, I think he replaced Matt Williams, right? He replaced Matt Williams uh, with the uh, Nationals. I believe he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because Matt Williams was a manager when Papelbon storm, uh, was causing all of his problems. And with uh, Bryce Harper, with Bryce Harper and all of that. So, yeah, I believe it was Dusty Baker. After can you do- can you double check that? Uh, just make sure that that we didn't miss that. We didn't yeah, uh, misinform Tw- who was the manager in 2015 for the Nationals. Um, but, yeah, that would be crazy that the Baker would um, would 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 follow uh, in the managerial arc uh, in the managerial arc of the Washington Nationals by replacing a former player. And then he it himself. Was, it oh, was my God. How crazy is that? <laughs> Every the Nationals are just acquiring all the '93 Giants at this point. <laughs> What's the is was Mike Rizzo a, a Giants player too under Dusty Baker? So yeah, Matt Williams, who's a former player of Dusty Baker, was fired at, uh, or quit or whatever, 
Dusty Baker replaces him, and then Dusty Baker would eventually get replaced by '93 Giants player under Dusty Baker, Dave Martinez, and that's who the, and that's how they won the World Series in 2019. And obviously, the scandal with the Houston Astros allowed for uh, Dusty Baker to get a, one more chance at managing because it looked like with the Nationals he was done. But I don't know if you saw the post game interviews, but Dusty Baker did mention. I just need one more chance, man. I just need one more chance. Like, just give me one more chance and I'll get the job done. Because you know what he said? He said, because I believe in myself. And that's Dusty in a nutshell, right? Like, all the negativity, he, he, that's why people love him in in baseball circles, because all the negativity, he just erases it. Just go away. It's nothing but positive feedback, uh, you know, and it's always, uh, uh, shining the positives and doing away with the negatives you know he doesn't i mean and, and and as i mentioned and i think a lot of people agreed that dusty baker getting that astros job when the trash can stuff and the cheating scandal was in full swing they couldn't have done a better job of getting a manager uh than dusty baker at that point because dusty does i mean he does a I, I I gotta be careful with how I praise him because I don't wanna I don't wanna like turn into a myth- mythological figure, but he really right. truly does a great job of shelling that noise out of the clubhouse. Yeah. He's he's done it everywhere he's gone. The San Francisco, Chicago, Cincinnati, Washington, just shells out all that noise and lets the players focus on baseball. And that's why I mentioned that he was like a lightning rod um uh when it came to the media and controversy, because he'll absorb all that. He will. So we know what happened. Astros won last night. Any last thoughts on Dusty Baker's uh, career or just the manager or what he's done with the Astros so far in his uh, in his tenure here? I've I've always really enjoyed uh, Dusty Baker. I enjoyed him on the Reds. I enjoyed him on the Nationals. I was glad that the, I thought the, them hiring or the Astros hiring Dusty Baker was a smart move. Um, I was really concerned that they weren't going to do that. I thought they, at that time, they needed a Dusty Baker or a Buck Showalter or somebody of that mm. nature. They needed more of a veteran. Um, I thought they were going to go the MLB, you know, norm nowadays and hire a player or a former player who has no managerial experience. Turns out they hired Dusty Baker, which was, which was, like I said, a great hire. And it turns out to be good. Now, some are, some arguments would probably, some, naysayers of dusty baker would probably say that you know he uh he inherited these players he didn't turn these players into anything he inherited these players and that's why he's in the he's in the playoffs but you know what i mean even though there's a diminishing role amongst the managers i really think that they uh, that the astros put a lot of responsibility on dusty baker to make his decisions i think he's about a good balance now of new school and old school he does you know he looks at the analytics but he still has that old school gut feeling type of type of deal right um and i mean it's proven in his in his success um going dating all the way back to his managerial debut in 1993 he has he has managed in 25 seasons Jesus. and in 25 seasons he's managed and in uh i just counted i believe it was 14 15 of those seasons he's either finished first or second in the standings in regular in the regular season so i mean 
this this isn't a coincidence here. You can't say that oh he just inherited all these good players and that's why they're in the that's why they're in the postseason. No, when Dusty Baker is on a team, he is good at getting players to play for him mm-hmm. and playing inspired baseball, whether it's for him or for themselves, whatever it is, he's good at figuring it out and getting the best out of these players. And not only is he good at getting the best out of the best players, he's good at getting the best out of all of the players when it was very evident in this world series here, you've got the rookie Jeremy Pena, who's the world series MVP. When you thought the world series MVP was going to turn out to be somebody like Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, whatever. No, or even, or even one of their pitchers or yeah, even one of their, you know, their one of their bullpen pitchers or one of their starting pitchers, you know, Framber Valdez had a great postseason. It's a deep um, team. Yeah. You know, and but it was the rookie Jeremy Pena, and it was because he came up in so many clutch moments and hit, you know, hit the ball, hit homers. He was hitting in the clutch. The dude was an integral part in the World Series, um, in the World Series win for the Astros. And I think it is a byproduct of the coaching staff and Dusty Baker. Yeah, and that's a, some valid points that you bring up there. Uh, and that's him in a nutshell. I mean, and again, all the myths about him as well, the, the negative connotations towards Dusty Baker get erased with that World Series championship. Um, but yeah, I mean, 20, I was going to say 2,100, but no, he's not there yet. 2,093 wins, a 539 win-loss percentage. You just mentioned that stat that they always finish at the top of the, of the standings. That's not, a, like you mentioned, that's not a coincidence. That's, I mean, yeah, talent has a lot to do with it, but come on. I mean, it, 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 at some point it becomes, I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to trash the the previous guy either, AJ Hinch, but because uh, he's in a bad situation in Detroit. But he was brought in yeah. because he was supposed to do what he did with the Astros, with a young, unproven squad in Detroit, and he's fallen flat on his face. But you know, Dusty Baker. Once you get to that uh, point in your career as a manager where you where you have a winning track record, you're not going to be. You, I mean, you get to choose and you get to pick and choose your the job that you want, right? But right. the winning teams also want you too, so. The fact that winning teams constantly wanted Dusty Baker when a lot of people were saying, no, he's done. He's washed up. He doesn't deserve another chance. He's this, he's that, the other. It speaks volumes towards his resume and his track record and how. Felipe, you cut out. Uh, can you hear me now? Oh, crap. Okay. Yeah, you look All frozen right, to me. So let's see. You, you look frozen to me, man. Uh, it's still recording, though. But uh, let's see. Is it, am I having issues with my internet? Oh, crap. All right. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, hold on. I'm going to pause it. Hey, so sorry about that, folks. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, so so what I was saying about Dusty Baker was that, uh, uh, yeah, winning teams want a winner, and Dusty Baker is that. He's a winner. That's That was basically my, my spiel there. I'd like to do a quick shout-out. Good morning to uh, Brad, to Jet, to Angel, Vince, Mercandetti. Oh, God. He's had an interesting last couple of nights with every Astros fan attacking him left and right, it seems like. Uh, and then Melvin has a few comments for us as well. Uh, uh, let's see. Austin, uh, shout out to Austin, he says. Or not, he says, but this is a shout out to Austin. Was happy about the Giants in 2002. And then he took his blanket and napped. <laughs> what he's what he's referring to there is in 2002 when the Angels won the World Series, I was, uh, I was seven. Mm. So <laughs> that's what he meant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to this day though, that 2002 angels team is still one of my favorite, uh, non cubs or white Sox uh, 
teams of all time. So that I, that 2002 Angels team is the is the reason why I'm an Angels fan. There you go. Yeah. Otherwise, you would have been a Dodgers or Padres or Diamondbacks fan. I was originally a Dodger fan. I will say that I was uh, I was rooting for the Dodgers because uh, they course. were the Dodgers, and then. I uh, I watched the 2002 Angels and fell in love with the Darren Airstads and the Troy Glosses and the David Ecksteins and all those guys and that that's all she wrote. Now I've been sad for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's been downhill ever since. Uh, <laughs> Melvin continues on. Uh, Dusty's feud with Steve Stone is what turned Cubs fandom against him. And yeah, I, I, it was a lot of things, but that was that was basically the big uh, the big hammer that hit the nail in the coffin of Dusty Baker's time here in Chicago. Uh, the last game of 2004 was the, was the incident with Sammy Sosa where he left the ballpark with like three or four games left in the season. I thought it was later than that, but maybe 2004 sounds about right. Uh, a very disappointing Cubs team uh, that again, won one more game in 2000, in 2004 than they did in 2003 and, and still wasn't good enough to make the playoffs. And Sosa basically took his bags and went home and, yeah, that was a big mess. Even Dusty Baker couldn't do anything to defend them anymore. Uh, and again, just like we've been uh, uh, echoing here, Dusty is great getting veterans to play for him. That is what Melvin is saying. So that's that's Dusty Baker. But let's enough about Baker. Let's uh, kind of quickly recap. We So Sean and I, we did games one and two last week. So we're going to go to game three and see what happened there. And obviously the Phillies, uh, they got off to a, a really, really good start against the Houston Astros. They put up four runs in the first two innings of game three. And, you know, I think Vince uh, put it really uh, well when he said, you know, this is the first game in a very hostile environment against a rabid fan base on a team that's that that was able to steal a win in Houston. So this was the expectation. Lance McCullers had no chance. And then, you know, of course, the Astros get a taste of their own medicine as McCullers was tipping his pitches. Was he though? I don't know, man. Or maybe the Phillies uh, got a got a hold of some uh, video surveillance or something. I don't know, but that's what they were saying. I I saw. I was seeing bits and pieces of the game, and what I was seeing was Lance McCullers didn't have a fastball. He could not locate the fastball for the life of him, and so he knew that uh, the fastball isn't his a pitch anyway. The curveball is. I think I think a lot of people would say that the curveball is probably McCullers' best pitch. He wasn't locating the fastball, so he's like, well, let's just you know throw the curveball up there and see if it works. And not only did it not work, he was hanging it down the middle of the plate. You can't be throwing cookies down the middle of the plate when you you know to Bryce Harper and uh, Reese Hoskins and Real Muto and all that. You're going to get crushed and. It, you know, it was very evident in the first couple innings there. And uh, Bryce Harper went uh, went to, um, who was it, Bohm? Who hit the home run? I think it was Bohm. Uh, he, he went to Bohm after and uh, whispered something in his ear. And I'm sure he whispered something in his ear saying he can't locate the fastball, sit on the breaking ball. And Bohm hits a homer. And then he, uh, I believe it was Stott hit a um hit a double. They just kept hammering him because he couldn't locate the fastball. I don't know if it was necessarily he was tipping the pitches. They just knew that he had no fastball, so the only other pitch that he was going to go to was curveball. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting. So I, 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 I'm I, not here to recap all the games like in, in that detail, but maybe that's part of it. But, you know, he didn't show up, and I think there was a lot of criticism that th- th- he was left out too much. Like, he should have been pulled after maybe the first couple of innings, but uh, uh, everybody swears that by leaving McCullers in there for four and a third innings, that it saved the, um, 
the Astros bullpen from further damage in this series. That's what I was saying. At first, I was like, you got to get him out of there. This is the World Series. And then the more I got to think about them, the more I was like, you know what? This is actually smart. You're getting, you know, another another rest day for that bullpen. Just leave him out there. The game is already a wash. You're down for nothing. You can, uh, you know, you could really tell that the team, they were in a hostile environment and they went in there and you could tell they were not prepared for as hostile of an environment as it is. And they needed to adjust. So this was more of a game where they were adjusting to how, um, to how hostile the environment is and what they needed to do to perform. So I think that game was very quickly for Dusty Baker became a, okay, let's just, let's just get our bearings again and figure it out. We're not going to try and win this game. So why waste your bullpen on a bullpen game when you, when you have more games to go, and then you have an offense that obviously readjusted itself and became way better. Now, I was agreeing with that sentiment. I mean, they got Phillies got off to a 4 nothing lead, so I, I was agreeing with that sentiment. But then you realize who they brought in, um, who they brought in from their bullpen in the first place to replace McCullers, and that was Jose Arquiti, who probably could have been there to replace them after, after the third inning or maybe even the fourth inning. But he didn't pull him until the fifth inning. So, Orquidy is a starting pitcher. So well, he's again, more than he's more than capable of, of of pitching three or four innings for you if you need them to. And he pitched three innings in that game anyway. So right. it makes you wonder. But it's not like the Phillies did any. I'm sorry, not, the Astros' offense didn't get anything done anyway. But I don't know. I'm starting. I'm I'm kind of. I was on board. Hey, that's a smart move. But if your option is Jose Orquidy to do mop up duty, and Jose Orquidy is a more than uh, capable. Uh, long relief person pitcher. I don't know. Maybe you do pull them sooner than later in the hopes that the offense can ignite itself. Well, and see, I, I, I you're only down for nothing. I, I still, yeah, you're only down for nothing going into the fourth inning. But again, you could tell very early on that the Astros had no offense. So he was going to let McCullers go out as long as they really needed him to at that point. I mean, at some point, I mean, you knew he wasn't going to have a long start and he only pitched four in the third innings. So, and he gave up seven runs. You can't just leave him out there to get rocked every, every single inning that at some point it's going to be damaging to his confidence. So, you know, you knew you were going to have to bring, in my opinion, you knew, I knew you, they were going to have to bring in Urquidy because he's going to have to mop up for multiple innings and, you know, he's still trying to rest most of his bullpen and bringing in Urquidy worked in this sense, because he had, he brought in three, you know, three, uh, three innings. And then all he, all after that, he just brought in Stanek. And so he had the rest of his bullpen avail available for, to, for the next day. I, I think that was uh, what they, I mean, I mean, if you have Urquidy, and that's my point though, if you have Urquidy, uh, on your back pocket, he can gobble up five or six innings, kind of like the same way that Luis Garcia gobbled up five innings in that 18 inning game against the Mariners. So you have that capability out of your bullpen uh, and you're only down for nothing. I don't know before it blew up in the fifth inning for McCullers and the, and the Astros. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like maybe for nothing, a four nothing deficit is better than a seven nothing deficit. This is an Ast- this is a pretty resilient Astros offense. I mean, we saw they were down one, nothing in game six and then an inning, uh, a half inning later, they turn the tide around, and we'll get to it in a little bit. Yeah, but, but one inning or one 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 to zero, four to zero are very very different. Especially, I know, but well, that's what I mean. One nothing is different than four nothing, but definitely four nothing is much different than seven nothing. I think four, uh, uh, getting getting back in the game after four nothing is much better than seven nothing halfway through the game. I mean, halfway through the game, it's already seven nothing, and McCullers got 
rocked and uh, didn't have anything, but you could have just put up or Queedy there for four or five innings and get yourself in that game. But I don't know. I mean, it's it, every game is precious in the world series. So like, again, at first I agree, but if you have or in your back pocket, you might as well just use them sooner rather than later. But, but either way, it ended up being uh, the right move because they, then they used Ryan, Ryan's neck for two thirds of an inning. And that's the rest. And the other um, grade A bullpen arms were still ready to go for the next game. But the reason why the Astros bats were silenced was because of a guy that we've been talking about all playoff season uh, this year. Sean and I at least were. And that's Ranger Suarez, who threw for four strikeouts, uh, only gave up one walk, five strong innings, and then you gave way to the rest of the uh, Phillies B team out of the bullpen. So not only did that, that by not uh, put it this way, by, by uh, believing that the Astros had no chance in this game, guess who's also well-rested for the next game, the Phillies bullpen, they're a guys. So I don't know, man, I, if the Astros are only down four, nothing after five, uh, after four innings before McCullers finally blew, uh, had nothing left to give in the fifth inning. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we, maybe the series would have ended faster because now you still, let's say the Astros put up two runs. Well, now you got to strategize a little bit differently because now you got to preserve a two-run lead as opposed oh, to a seven-run lead. So, huh? Oh, am I out okay, again? So I'm going to try this again. We're going to try and host this again. Um, yeah. So I think really 